Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,660. Today I'm back across the pond in the UK with an author who knows a lot about racing. So you better buckle up. Here we go. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm a revved up and very excited today. I'm back across the pond. Gee, I've been across that pond a few times this month, it seems like, and I'm talking with a very cool author, David Tremaine, who's in Durham in the UK. David, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm always ready for a fun ride. Good morning, everyone. I think you are, absolutely. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, I want you to share one little thing with my listeners that maybe most people may not know about you, something kind of interesting. Uh, I like driving jet cars. Jet cars. Oh, Occasionally I crash them. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's a nice little hobby, David. Driving jet cars. So you got to tell me a little bit more about this. That's crazy. Well, some of my answers to what you want to talk about later on will be about that. But okay. it's basically a, a Rolls-Royce Viper-powered jet dragster that we have as a, a kind of family pet. Okay. Now, in my pre-show chat, I understood that David is good pals with a, a guest who's been on the show very recently. We call him Pell, but he's known as Perry McCarthy. Some of you may know him as The Stig. And I didn't know these two characters knew each other, but having talked to you a little bit before we started the show and having talked with Perry, you two are two peas from the same pod, I think. Well, he, I call him Pell, and he calls me Reptile, <laughs> which is a derogatory name for journalists in the UK. Okay. Uh, we've, we've known each other since 1986. Oh, wow. But I, I covered Formula 3 in the UK. Pell did a couple of seasons, and we became really close friends. He is an awesome guy, and I think we're going to have fun with David today. Let me give David a proper introduction, and we're going to jump into his life. David Tremaine has spent his career in motorsport journalism with such notable roles as executive editor of Motoring News, longtime Grand Prix correspondent for The Independent and The Independent on Sunday, and co-founder of Grand Prix Plus, the sport's first and fastest e-magazine. He's written over 50 books, including Jim Clark, The Best of the Best, that sits on my shelf, which was published by my friends at Evro back in 2018. He's a three-time winner of the Guild of Motoring Writers Journalist of the Year Award, and he lives in, as I said, County Durham in the UK. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about another book he wrote about a great driver, Jochen Rent, uncrowned king of Formula One, with the foreword by that guy named Sir Jackie Stewart. I think we've all heard of him a little bit. Another wonderful book published by Evro. So keep your seatbelts on. This is going to be a fun ride, but first, we're going to have a little love from our sponsors here. They're the ones that make this show possible. So sit back, give them a listen, and we'll be right back. The best way to protect your vehicles is with a Covercraft custom fit car cover. I know because I've been using their covers on my vehicles since 1975. Plus, they offer a multitude of options depending on your situation. Indoor covers include form fit, dust stop, the oh-so-soft fleece satin, and their very unique view shield, a cover that protects while allowing you to see your favorite vehicle while the cover's on your car. Amazing. 
Need a cover that will protect your ride outside? Their incredible options allow you to choose from Weather Shield, Sumbrella, Weather Shield HD, Block It, Reflect, Carhartt, Evolution, Nova, and Weather Shield HP. So many options. Whether you're looking for rain protection, UV shielding from the sun's damaging rays, breathability, dust protection, snow protection, even ding protection and protection from those paint-destroying bird droppings. They've got you covered. Their soft-touch covers are safe for your paint, and the custom fit keeps them from blowing off. If you live in a windy area, get the Covercraft Gust Guards. They're a must-have if your car sits outside in windy conditions. Worried about theft? They have cable locks, too, with built-in grommets that keep your cover safely on your vehicle. Their website makes ordering fast and easy, and their talented customer service department will walk you through any ordering questions. They can customize a cover for almost any vehicle on the planet. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code yeah 120 at covercraft.com you'll get 10 percent off your covercraft order that's right so go to covercraft.com use the code yeah y-e-a-h 120 at checkout and get 10 percent off on me mark here at cars yeah covercraft they've got you covered american collectors insurance that's who now protects my porsche turbo yeah the one i call my orange crush when it came time to renew my policy my carrier jacked my rates up even though i'd been with them for years i'd never made a claim no tickets nothing what's with that adios so i started shopping around and kept hearing about american collectors insurance from fellow automotive enthusiasts friends and folks in the car industry I did some investigating and learned that American Collectors Insurance have been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I'm not a price shopper when it comes to insurance. I want to be able to sleep at night. I also want agreed value protection for my special ride. With an agreed valued policy from American Collectors Insurance, I'll be paid what my vehicle's full agreed value is. A number I set with the insurer at the start of the policy so I know there will be no surprises about what my car's value is, should something terrible happen. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH, that's 866-224-8. 9324 and protect the ones you love. Make sure you tell them Mark sent you. You'll be glad you did. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, David, as we continue on this journey, I'm going to call your life as the reptile. This is very interesting. I've never yeah, heard thanks. of that before. You're welcome. <laughs> it's all, it's meant in great love, of course, you know, term of endearment. I'd love for you to share a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's taken you through this incredible life that you've had. Nice way to get the tires smoking here on cars. Yeah, since you love to drive jet cars. So, David, take the wheel. I would say that um, every failure is just another step to success so long as you never give up. That's my mantra. Yeah, you know, I've had so many racers on the show, and almost every one of them says that great quote by that leader of the UK way back, Sir Winston Churchill, never, ever, ever give up. So in the case of journalism and what the way you've conducted your life, what are some ways that that concept has worked for you? Because you've been involved in racing in so many different categories, but I'm sure... Like most racers and most people in that industry, you've come up against some barriers, perhaps, in your life, some jersey barriers, maybe some guardrails. Yeah, literally, actually, I have come up against one guardrail at quite high speed. But mainly, it's Formula One is very expensive to cover. 
especially when you're paying your own expenses. So you've got to be careful. You've got to be quite clever how you put things together. But again, you've always got to have that end thing in mind. And if you start sort of being negative about life or, you know, it's easy to give up. Something Jackie Stewart said once, if you, if you learn how to give up, then you'll never push forward. And my, my never give up goes back to 1973 mainly or 72 with a guy called Roger Williamson who was one of the lost generation that I wrote about, who was killed at Zambord in 73. And Roger inspired me so much then when I was a kid because of that. It was just that never giving up. And it's how in my business I judge every every driver. I hate seeing guys giving up. Somebody gives up, I lose respect for them. Because if you're out there, you've got to be giving it 110%. And I think... The way I look at people in life, you're either a racer or you aren't. And that goes for everyone. You know, it's racers or civilians in my book. And all the people I know in Formula One, whether they're drivers, team principals, mechanics, journalists, engineers, whatever, all the successful ones just push, 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 never stop. Tenacity, grit. It's amazing what it can achieve for you. Yeah. You know, having uh, your good buddy Pell on the show, he inspired me to write a blog about Epictetus, who was a Greek philosopher on stoicism and how you change negative into positive in your life and you don't give up. It's that same kind of thing. It's a blog that you listeners can go back and find on the Cars yeah website. He gave me a lot of inspiration and you're doing the same today. And I'd love to talk more about the book on Yonk and Rent because he's one of those guys in Formula One that so many of us know his name, but the subtitle of course, Uncrowned King of Formula One fits his life well. Uh, this is another great book by my friends at Evro. Uh, they've produced and published so many great books. So let's talk a little bit about this book, why you chose that title, and what is so special about Yock and Rent? Um, I think I chose the, the title was apposite because the biggest tragedy of Jochen's life is that he achieved his goal to be world champion, but never lived to realize it. And there was a brilliant... Um, quiz clue at a McLaren quiz we had at one of the races years ago. And the question was, name four Finns who've received the World Championship trophy. So obviously it was Keki, Mika and Kimi. And number four was Nina Rint, which was a very clever question. Um, what, it, what I did with the Jochen book, I needed something. I wanted my next title after I'd written The Lost Generation. And every time I do one book, I like to know pretty much what the next one's going to be. And the thing with Joachim was he was so good, but so pe- so few people remembered him. And for me, that's my mission as a, as a writer, is to stop these people being forgotten or to ensure that they're not forgotten. I mean, I hope that doesn't sound arrogant, but that's my motivation in all these things. And the more I dealt but the more I dived into Jock, and it was funny because he always had this reputation of being arrogant, and he had the old flattened nose and the quite forbidding face. And if he didn't like you, like he didn't like Dennis Jenkinson, you weren't in any doubt. But fundamentally, I discovered that he was not an arrogant guy at all. You talk to Jackie and everyone like that, um, Jack Brabham, Ron Torinac, all those people absolutely adored him. They thought he was fantastic. And such a warm character. And it was important that he was remembered that way, I thought. I think it's wonderful. And there's so many racers that are forgotten. 
because the big names get so big, media pushes them so much to the top and everybody else is pushed down, ignored, whatever. And there's so many great drivers. You know, I had Tommy Byrne here on the show a couple of years yeah. ago, and he's one of those I guys that- Covered his season of Formula 2 in 82. Yeah, and you start to learn about him. So I'm really appreciative that you bring these drivers to life for many of us who didn't dismiss him, but kind of have forgotten a little bit. Tell me a little bit about maybe a couple things you learned about Jochen that you didn't know in the research of this book and putting it all together. Well, I'll tell you one funny thing a, a long time ago, but uh, Mark Stewart, Jackie's son, his younger son, did a, a great film about his father. And on the cover, there was a picture of Jackie with the old sideburns, side view, and Emerson just looking at each other. And it surprised me hugely when I found out that they were such close friends because they were huge rivals on track. And it was the same with Jochen. You kind of assumed that all these guys would be no time to be friends. But Jackie and Jochen and Jimmy were all really close friends, huge amount of mutual respect between them. And there was that kind of camaraderie and chivalry, if you like, between them all. And I loved the fact that Jochen, for all that he was sideways and throw the thing around and, you know, disobey every law of physics, he could still be quick. You know, like Ronnie Peterson, like Tom Price, like Gilles Villeneuve, they could all defy the you've got to be on rails bit and still get the speed out of the car. And I just loved the fact that there was this closeness between Jochen and Jackie and Jimmy. I think that was one of the surprising things. Also, I found out what a kind of family man he was, how much respect people had for him. I love the way that he did not pull any punches. When he was pissed off with Chapman, when the, the wings had broken in Montwich Park and they'd had both Graham Hill and Jochen had crashed their lotuses in 1969, he wrote a letter to Autosport and Motoring News, an open letter decrying wings and how dangerous Formula One was. I mean, could you imagine anyone doing that now? The only guy I could imagine criticizing his team and the sport if he felt the need to is probably Max. Yeah. Verstappen. Yeah. But Jochen, that was the way he was. If he if he didn't like something, he just told it like it was. It was such a different era. Do you see, and I don't want to jump too deep into this question, but do you see any kind of that camaraderie in today's Formula One racing? It seems like everyone is siloed and separated. Actually, fun, funnily enough, I do, because you've got George Russell, Alex Albon, Lando Norris, all the young guys. There's a very strong bond between them. Lando used to have a picture of Alex on his wall. He was his hero. When he was a kid, and you know, you sort of look at these guys. Yeah. And um, with Perry, I suppose I was a little bit older than Perry, but in those days, I was writing about guys who were nearly my age. So I was maybe five years older than Damon and Perry and Johnny Herbert and guys like that. Now, you know, these guys could all be your kids. Yeah. So it's quite funny to see Orlando, <laughs> who's a real baby, sort of having as a hero guys two or three years older than him. Right. So there is some camaraderie. But equally, there's too many pressures on people at races for them to have that much time to spend together. Right. Yeah, exactly. One of the things I love to ask my guests is about a challenge. 
or even a failure in their life. Now, this could tie to the book, or this could tie, yeah, as he starts to laugh. I think he just fell off his chair, listeners. How much time How much time have you got? Yeah, well, that's why, you know, we limited to maybe one, but I would love for you to kind of take us down a road. But of course, the real reason for this question is more about how it molded you and shaped you. And, and you, as we started this talk, look at these failures as good things. They're things that proceed and get you moving forward. So I'd love for you to explain that situation and then tell us what you learned from it and how you came out positive on the other side. I can't wait for this one. Well, I'm, I'm a bit of an overnight sensation, to be honest, because I've only been trying to do a speed record since 1984. Oh, is that all? <laughs> having, having had the original inspiration in 1967, when I watched Donald Campbell's accident with Bluebird. So it's taken me a little bit of time to get there. But man, I've got plenty of failures. I tried to do a water speed record boat with a jet engine. That devolved into a propeller boat when I cut my cloth a little bit closer. That was going to be a, an unlimited hydroplane record attempt in Seattle, funnily enough. None of those happened because mainly I wasn't smart enough to find the funding. And then I bought my jet car. And we're working very hard with that. We're coming out again next year. We found a new sponsor, but we had a big accident with it in 2017 at 200 and started about 250 miles an hour after slowing down from a run at 297. Wow. Um, and we got upside down and scraped along the track. I was absolutely fine. I didn't have any injuries. Skin knuckle, I think, was the big deal. Um, and as soon as I got out of the car and looked at it, I'd already decided we were going to do it again. But oh my gosh, things like that, you can't I remember Donald Campbell said something before his accident. And a lot of people said to him, why do you keep doing it? And his answer was, once you start, you can't stop until you finished the job. Right. And that's exactly how I feel about our thing. I'm very happy that we've found some more money. It's taken a long time to do it. But again, you don't give up. You keep looking. And I, I firmly believe if it's meant to happen, it will. And the biggest thing I learned out of that, two things, actually. One is if you give up, you never do anything. The other thing is I now know exactly who I am. Mm. And I always wanted as a kid to do a speed record. And you always wondered if you had what it takes. And you never know. There's no way you can know until you get in one of these things and try it. Right. And I ticked all my own personal boxes that day for behavior and you know I've never had a second thought about the accident and it's quite funny when you're upside down and the the roll hoop is getting scraped away and there's sparks in the cockpit and part of you sort of thinking how many other people were in this situation on their last day oh gosh you know, no, nobody would have thought it was their last day would they no but for a lot of them it was and then yeah like I said I just I was very happy with I almost enjoyed the fact that we crashed. I know that sounds stupid, but it gave me the chance to discover who I am. Right. And I am kind of who I wanted to be. It's just a personal thing. It's got nothing to do with anyone else in the outside world. But inside you, it sort of ticks the box you most want ticked. I won't call it a failure. I don't believe that was a failure, but we'll call these incident. It's only a failure if I stop. Right. And I had Richard Noble on the show last month. 
You know Richard. I know, I know I'm a very good friend. I'm sure he is. And my, one of my inspirations. Well, yes, of course. And then he talked about his inspiration before him and all the in incredible efforts. I've had many land speed records. Danny Thompson has been a guest on the show. He's known in our family as the Fast DT. <laughs> I love Danny. I have so much respect for that guy. He's incredible. He is. A, I, I had the opportunity of interviewing him, but I also got to meet he and his wife at a SEMA show. And they're just delightful, delightful people. Very special guy. Incredible people. Yeah, this is a whole different breed, you characters that like to go this fast. You live in a different plane. I put you guys on a very high pedestal because of what you want to achieve. And you're right. It never ends because once you get there... There's the next one and the next one and the next one. So, ah, you know, I knew this was going to be fun, but uh, again. I would, I would just say that the only thing that marks our thing out as something special is that we have a very short course. <laughs> all the other guys, the, the, the Fast ET, Richard, all those guys, they're in a different league because their speed's 400 plus. Oh. And Richard, 600 plus, that's a totally different lead to us. It's uh, it's hard to even imagine. I, I, I can't imagine it, but uh, it's incredible. And uh, my hat's off to you and, and all your fellow racers. And I have no doubt you'll hit that next level of whatever that goal might be. I hope so. You will. I have no doubt. We'll keep, we'll keep doing until keep going until we do. There you go. We're going to take a short break on that note. Thank our sponsors here. And we get back. I want to dive into David's personal life with cars. He alluded to some of this early on in our talk. So keep those seatbelts on. We're traveling fast here and we'll be right back. Let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is TechForce Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, TechForce is bringing bright young students into the auto, diesel, aviation, marine, motorcycle, motorsports, and restoration worlds. To date, they've awarded more than $10 million in scholarships and grants to tech students. And in times like these, I don't have to tell you how essential those techs are. Keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping America rolling. To learn more about TechForce or to make a donation to this cause, visit www.techforce.org. You'll be glad you did. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're a racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you found Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, all wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today, I'm going to talk about the 24. This wine earned 91 plus points from Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It's a dark, spicy, and velvety blend with ripe blue and black fruits and very smooth tannins. 
The label features a three-dimensional full metal chronograph in a bright gold finish that pays homage to the Daytona Rolex winners receive at Le Mans. The racing series is a fantastic gift for the ultimate enthusiast in your life. And I've got a deal for you today. If you use the code CARS, yeah, all one word, all in caps, when you're at the adoberoadwinery.com checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of wines from the racing series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYA at checkout to get $10 off your purchase of the racing series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. Go to Adobe Road Wines today and use the code CARSYA at checkout. Cheers! Okay, David, we are back, and I'd love for you to share a story that instigated this really personal passion you have for the automobile, that pivotal moment in your life when you realized that you were going to be a bit of a car guy. I'm not sure at the time that it really made a lot of sense to me, but funnily enough, I do know exactly what it was because it's my first real memory of life. And I was at a a show, some kind of car show, and Seagrave's Golden Arrow was there. And you may remember... You know, it's got the wheels and pontoons between the wheels. Yes. And I was, I guess, about three and a half years old, and I managed to sort of stand on tiptoe and just peep over the top. And there was the gun sight and the screen and this acres of shrink wrap bodywork and everything else. And I credit that with being where I really first developed my fascination with cars. Wow. And I told my parents about this, and they said, well, no, 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 that can't be right because we took you to the National Motor Museum, but you were 10. So I said, no, 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 I'm telling you, I absolutely remember this. And then, of course, the years go by and along comes the internet. So I do an internet search. And in 1956, Seagrave's car was at the, I think it was the Schoolboy Exhibition in London. Okay. My parents had taken me to that and I was three and a half years old. That is incredible. (laughs) that, That may be why I besotted with land speed records. That was my first car experience. And I'm delighted. I'm absolutely delighted. My my second grandson is not yet two. His first word was car. <laughs> I wonder why. He's obsessed with cars. And my other grandson, my older one, who's two and a half, is usually either holding a dinosaur or a, a car. It's a Ferrari 488, I think, that he carries around all the time. Wow, you've got some lucky grandkids to have such a cool grandpa. <laughs> I uh, look at it the other way around. Well, I think you're both on the winning end of this coll- of this collaboration here, and uh, they both call me GP, by the way. Oh, they do. That's yeah, cool. rather than granddad or any of that crap. It's GP, I which love I it. really like being with the Formula One oh, connotation yeah. as well. That's uh, yeah, perfect. What a great fit. Well, let me ask you this: What was your first special vehicle? The first special vehicle that you owned in your life that had great meaning for you? For many of my guests, it's their first car. For others, it's a car they really saved up for. For racers, maybe it's that first race car they got in that they went, I finally made it. I'm really here. What was that vehicle? And maybe share a memory or two you have about that ride. Well, my mum and dad, when in this would have been 1970, when I passed my test, they said they would lend me the money to buy a car. There was a 2.4 litre Mark I Jaguar for sale. And they wouldn't let me buy that. <laughs> I had to buy something sensible. So I kind of got lumbered with a standard 10, which was a not very exciting little 948cc four-door saloon. 
But what I wanted was a Jag. And I saved for two years, I saved the money to buy a 3.8 Mark II Jaguar manual gearbox overdrive. It cost me £300, but it cost £270 more to insure it. Oh, gosh. And, and I used to go into the insurance places and they'd say, what car? Now, first of all, they'd say age, and I'd say 19, occupation, student. Um, yeah, what car? Jaguar. And they'd sort of, 2.4? And you say, no, 3.8. And they go, okay, there's only one company will deal with people like this. <laughs> but I adored that car. It was what I always wanted. Um, I bought one and it got written off by a drunk. So I put all the money I got from the insurance to buy another one, took the engine in and out loads of times, fitted wire wheels. Funny enough, I sold it. I put it in a barn eventually, but I, I sold it to finance buying a hydroplane. Oh, my gosh. In, in 1990. So. Oh, man. But I love that car. I mean, it was just a great car. It was always going, little things would go wrong. I remember on our honeymoon, we went to Scotland to um, Inverness, Loch Ness. I went driving around and it was forever overheating, even though I had an electric fan. And bits clonked here and there, and you do all your own work on it. But yeah, I, I waited a long time to buy that car. Beautiful. And I saved every penny I could to get it. I'll bet. You'll love this, David. The car that really launched it for me, the two cars. One was my dad's 49 MGTC that he mm -hmm. got when I was five. I loved riding in that car. And the other was the first Matchbox that my father ever bought me back in the early 60s, which was a red Jaguar Coupe which I still have that Matchbox That's today. True. Yep. So which, which Jag was that then? It was the Jaguar Coupe. Uh, it was a little Matchbox by Lesney, the little model cars. Yeah, I, and I remember those. It was the Coupe, and uh, that was the first one my dad used to take me to the hardware store, and they had this little display of Matchbox cars stacked there, and you could pick which one. I even still have the box for that car. Oh, that's, that's the sensible bit. Yeah, Keep, yeah. Keeping the box, that's yeah. what makes it valuable. I, I've got hundreds of those things, yeah. I've always hoped someday I'll have some grandkids that I can say, here, go play with these, and they can mess them up. I never messed them up, but I'm going to let them do whatever they want yeah. with them. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, whether you, How much you let them play with the really good stuff. We'll see, we'll see. I'll, I'm trying to get looser in my old age here, you know. I'll just kind of let it go, let it go, mm, so. yeah. We'll see how I do. I have a feeling I might be challenged, as my <laughs> wife says. Yeah, you might be. So, David, this I'm going to go into an interesting place here. I'm going to be your counselor, your psychologist. I'm going to put you on the uh, psychiatrist couch today. Somebody needs to. Somebody. Well, I'm the guy. I finally got here. If, if you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is how you perceive your attributes as a human being wrapped into some kind of vehicle. What would David Tremaine be? And more importantly, why? What I would like to be would be Bob Summers' goldenrod. <laughs> yeah. Because it was such an awesome, handsome, super cool, super effective car. What I think I might be would be Craig Breedlove's Spirit of America, the original three-wheeler. Because it was quite feisty, but sometimes it took him on a fairly wild ride. <laughs> you answered that very nicely. I like it. See? You didn't scare me at all. I kind of figured we'd have something that went fast there because that's your life. But I think those two would just about cover it. I think so. Absolutely. All right. We're going to enter what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off some uh, rapid fire questions to get some rapid fire answers from you with some quick blips of that 
Craig Breedlove's Spirit of America Throttle. So here we Mm -hmm. go. What's one of your personal habits you think has contributed to your many successes in life? Uh, Habits. Well, I'm not sure they should be revealed. Um, (laughs) I don't know my habits. I've always been somebody who wants to get into things deeply. Um, one One of my other habits, which is a journalist, has stood me in massively good stead. Two things, actually. One, I never throw anything away. Two, I never stop buying books. Maybe I've got, I don't know, 7,000 books, wow. racing books. But the thing is, you end up doing a book like I did, um, McLaren, The Drivers, a three-part thing. And some of the stuff there, I had a really obscure book on some of the um, Formula Atlantic tracks. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you think that's where I could find information for various drivers who won races in McLaren's. So, you know, you never know when something's going to be useful to you. Right. So I would say, yeah, never throwing stuff away and never stopping buying books. There you go. My father was that way, and I lost him about three and a half years ago. And I'll tell you, trying to figure out what to do with all that stuff, oh, my gosh. Mm. <laughs> it's a, oh, it's an overwhelming. Do you, do you remember the journalist Ian Young, who used to write for Auto Car? Very famous guy. He was my sort of inspiration as a writer. Mm-hmm. And I used to tell my missus that if I die tomorrow and Ian comes around and says, well, I'll take all this junk off your hands, yeah. don't. Yeah, yeah. Because Ian dealt in rare books and everything else. No kidding, yeah. And he would have loved some of the stuff we had here. I'll bet, I'll bet. A plethora of information. Now, if I could wave my magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink or a meal or a pint or whatever you'd like to do with anyone in the automotive industry, now this is either living or deceased, who would that person be? I would sort of say Donald Campbell, but actually it wouldn't be Campbell. It would be a guy that so many people won't have heard of called Lee Taylor. Lee Taylor? Lee, yeah, Lee wasn't strictly automotive. He was in boats, but he was the guy who broke the water speed record mm. six months after Donald was killed. Big friends with um, Bruce McCaw, and Lee Taylor was just a fascinating guy. He was killed in a rocket boat in 1980, but he'd had a big accident. Um, in his boat, the Hustler, which was the most beautiful speedboat ever built, learned how to walk and talk again, and then two years later went and broke the record. And I'd love to talk to that guy. I'll bet. Wow, interesting. I'll have to Google him and look up a mm-hmm. little bit more about him. Now, when it comes to automotive advice someone else has ever offered you, what would that be? I remember um, Daniele Aldetto, who used to be Ferrari team manager, and was involved with arrows and super aguri we were talking about boats and various things in speed record attempt and his advice was if something doesn't feel comfortable there's always tomorrow <laughs> don't be afraid to take tomorrow instead of today if you're not comfortable and when you kind of got a family and everything else that's fairly sensible advice Absolutely. Wonderful. Now, when it comes to resources, we have so many these days. Who would have thought back when you were young that we would have this thing called the Internet and oh, so much information? How would we do without it? Uh, incredible. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty fascinating. My little set of Encyclopedia Britannicas when I was in school that the neighbor gave us that was five years old. It yes. <laughs> didn't even have countries' names the same. Exactly. But when it comes to resources for you, is there a, a go-to or something that you see or use every day could be an app could be a podcast could be a person could be anything that kind of keeps drawing you back that you might want to share 
Um, I just finished a book on a guy called Brian Jocelyn and a lot of things about his photography from the 50s through to the 70s. And one of the best resources as a journalist is called um, RacingSportsCars.com, which has results for an incredible number of races, chassis numbers, all that kind of stuff. Um, Old Racing Cars is another one. Autosport.com is a great website. You know, we use these things all the time, don't we? Yes. And you need those that kind of information might be in your head, but it's great just to double check it sometimes. Yeah. And double check it you must because of course everything on the internet is real and accurate, correct? So yeah. <laughs> yes. You better yeah. caveat emptor. Yeah, it is. Now we talked about, of course, your book, Yakin Rent, Uncrowned King of Formula One. I'm gonna put a link to that on David's show notes page here on the Cars yeah website so you can get your hands on a copy, which I highly, highly recommend. I mentioned his book about the great Jimmy Clark at the beginning, and you also mention this book uh, McLaren the Drivers which is a, a wonderful spectacular book that you've done I mean you've written over 50 now is there a book that you might recommend to our listeners that you didn't write that you're really fond of and I know with 7,000 to choose from that might be a challenge but maybe something even more current that you read that you really enjoyed well you all have books that we wish we'd written don't we yeah and then someone else writes it and you read it and you think yeah, they did a better job than you would have done. But I've got three ones. Um, Carlos Ulife's brother's Rodriguez book. Oh, yeah. Alex Zanardi's biography. Um, my latest Wish I'd Done It is My Greatest Defeat by my pal Will Buxton, which is a brilliant book. If you haven't spoken to Will. I have. He's been a guest on the show. Yeah, great guest. Oh, good. Okay. Well, Billy Boy did such <laughs> a good job on that. And as, as you probably know, it's talking to famous people about the worst times of their life. And it's such a good idea, that book. It's a superb book, very poignant, very evocative. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned so if, him. If, yeah, if, if people haven't read it, I would seriously recommend that to them. Absolutely. Yeah, he was a great guest, wonderful guy to talk with. He's one of those guys when you hear him because of being a commentator that you think you know him. It's kind of like meeting a movie star and you think you know him because you've watched their shows. Yeah. And they, they look at you yeah. like, who are you? But he he really made me feel like a mate, like a pal, like a chap. You yeah. know, and uh, yeah, he was wonderful. So I'll put links to all these books on David's show notes page. You can go there and click on any of them. You can also find a great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where there's over 1,700 books. Uh, not quite as many books as David has, but maybe I'll get there one day, but I've made them all <laughs> easy for you to click and buy. But definitely get your hand on hands on a few of these books, maybe all of them by David. You're going to be really happy. All right, David, we're up to the checkered flag here. This last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to be sent Claus, I'm going to buy you something very special, a collector car, something fun, something that you can enjoy in the weekends, drive into the English countryside, take to a cars and coffee, or maybe you guys have tea and coffee, cars and tea, tea and cars. What do you have over there? <laughs> something. Cars and, co- jum- cars and coffee works. Yeah. Jumbles, I guess we call them and over since, there. Since I totally believe in Father Christmas, Mark, yeah? I'm going to take you at your word and absolutely believe that you meant what you just said. Okay. So what I would like, please, okay. is I think it's actually called a Broadly T73. A Broadly T73? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's basically um, a replica made by former Lola workers of the T70 Mark III B. Oh, okay. But, it, a, but a road-going version of that would be awesome. That is a unique answer. Now, what is it about that vehicle that just- I just love it. I, I saw the original T70 Mark III Coupe at a racing car show in 67 when I was 16. 
fell in love with it, absolutely. And the, the Mark III B you can buy as a road car, that would just be an awesome piece of kit just to take out on high days and holidays when it's nice and sunny. But that would be really good fun. If, if you can't afford that, just buy me a Protec supercharger for my Corvette. Okay. <laughs> C5 fixed roof coupe, please. I, I settled for that. I can maybe get that down the chimney a little better than that car when it comes. <laughs> yeah, Christmas, it might be easier. Come Christmas time, yeah. So, uh, you know, that's a really unique answer. Uh, a beautiful automobile, and nobody, of course, has ever requested that. So, uh, I'll get to work on that. See what I can do for you. So, uh, you just keep believing in Santa Claus. Well, you've, got, you've got another three months. I know. So. I've, I've got some time here. Yeah, absolutely. David, you've taken me on such a fun ride today. This has been absolutely de delightful. I want to thank, uh, do a shout out to my friend, Judy Stropas, who put us together. Yes. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, Judy, you're awesome. And of course, uh, my friends at Evro Publishing, who brought me so many splendid authors as guests. Do you not think they do such an excellent job with their books? Definitely. And the Shadow, the Shadow book is another one that I would recommend everyone. Pete Lyons' latest. Pete Lyons, I just had him on oh, the show last month. Yeah. I, I love, Pete and I are both Corvette freaks. Yep. We've, we've never actually met, but we will next time I can get over to the States. But um, that he's done such a lovely job on that. He talked about that Corvette that he, t he had over in the in the UK yeah. or in, the, in Europe and drove all over Europe. Yeah. yeah. He shipped it over. Yeah, absolutely. That's, so That's cool. That's a cool thing to do. I bet he raised a lot of eyebrows back in the day driving that car around because you probably didn't see too many of those on the roads all over Europe. So No, you wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't. Pete's a great guy. Yeah, I've had him on the show twice here. So if people want to follow along with you, David, well, actually, before I ask you this question, I want you to offer us maybe one little parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you drive off into the sunset and that broadly. Oh, my God. Um, okay, well, I... Uh... It's interesting, isn't it? Because having grandkids, you have your sort of aspirations for them and what wisdom, supposed wisdom, you hope you can impart. I mean, one thing I would say is follow your heart. Whatever you're doing, whatever you believe in, follow your heart. Don't let other people dissuade you. Just trust yourself. It's much better to follow your heart than your head. Yes. Yep, absolutely. Especially where, especially where cars are concerned. Yeah, absolutely. And if people want to keep in touch with you or follow along with you, what's the best way to do that? Um, if they want to spend a little bit of money, it's about 30-something bucks. They could subscribe to Grand Prix Plus, which is our e-sign. And you can get to that on Grand Prix Plus, spelled P-L-U-S dot com. Okay, awesome. Um, you know, if you want, maybe that's how you could keep in touch. Okay, well, I'll make sure I put a link to that on David Shono's page. I think that will be a few uh, pennies, pence, pounds, whatever you spend over there <laughs> across the pond, well spent, absolutely. David, this has been delightful. I want to thank you for spending some time with me today. Really, really cool. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed it. And like I say, guys, get out there and just do what you want to do with your cars. And thank you for having us, Mark. Really enjoyed it. I, I, I feel like I've made a new friend. We are friends now, so come and visit me someday, okay? I'll come over One there and visit you. I'll do that thing. I will. That'll be great. I appreciate it. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. 
Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!